one. What's going on, folks? Welcome to 34 Questions. Tonight, I have a very special guest. The homie Pauline of Another Blast from the Past in the college days is in the building. How you doing, Pauline? I'm great. How are you? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. Uh, it's been a while, and I'm, I'm mm-hmm. def- definitely happy to have you on. Uh, so thank you. Thank you for being open to sharing your story. Appreciate it. Uh, for the folks out there unfamiliar with the flow of the show, we do some intro questions just to warm up and to set the tone of the interview. And th- there's also a couple icebreakers in there, a couple games. <laughs> feel free to play, feel free to pass. And uh, after that, we'll jump into the main portion where you choose a number between 1 and 34. Sound good to you, Pauline? Awesome, yes. I'm ready. All right. Well, my very first question for you is, how have you been? It's been a long time. Uh, it's been a crazy, mm-hmm. it's been a crazy year. How, how you been? Mm-hmm. You know what? Like, I will say like, I am great right now. Uh, but it's been like, not so easy with like everything that happened in the past year. Um, just because of COVID, like I had to go, like, so little thing, like I'm from France initially. I moved to like Long, Long Beach a couple of years ago, got my degree, meet you there, meet the whole crew. And then a year ago, I had to go back because like my visa expired and borders closed. So I'm still in France and I'm in the process of replying for my visa. So it's just like, it was, it was not so easy, but sometimes like I made the best of it. I didn't have a choice, uh, but no, now I'm great, but it's just been like, it's been a, a process, I would say, a journey. No, for sure, for sure. Yeah. Uh, so how long have you been back in uh, France uh, until now? Uh, a year and a month and a half. For sure. Uh, wh- mm-hmm. wh- when do you anticipate getting back to the to the States? Right now I'm replaying for my visa, so it's going to depend of like how, how fast is it, like, you know, how fast they're going to process the application? When they're going to give me an interview? Are they going to accept me back? I, see. I really don't know. Yeah. I gotcha. I gotcha. Can be a couple of weeks. Can be a couple of months. We'll yeah, see. Like that. It could, the, the range is pretty yeah. big. Okay. Um, I'm pretty unaware about what's going on in the world sometimes. Uh, mm-hmm. How how is a uh, your how's France like handling you know reopening if they are or if they're still kind of like taking it slowly? Uh, how's it like out there? So uh, I think France did pretty well overall. Um, so basically we had like, so when I arrived in France a year ago, we were in quarantine and we were in like hardcore quarantine. Like it was, it, that was like tough. Like we were, so we we're in quarantine, I think for about like two months, I think it was like nine or 10 weeks. Yeah. And it was, um, the only store open was a grocery store and we only could go out of the house for an, up to an hour and around one kilometer around the house, which is, I don't know, it's like, maybe like, I don't know, oh gosh, um, kilometer in feet or miles. <laughs> no worries. Like half miles. Okay, like let's say half a mile, right? Okay, half a mile around your house for up to an hour for like nine weeks. So, yeah, yeah. So no driving around, like, and we, like, I use that hour just to walk, just to walk, just to take some fresh air. And I got, like, stopped by the police a few times. And we had, like, an affidavit with us. We had to have ID with us. And they would check, okay, where do you live? Okay, when do you leave your house? And, okay, you still have, like, 20 minutes to go back home. Like, that was strict. But it allows us to actually, it allowed us to actually have six months last year of free everything. Like we could go out, bars were open, restaurants were open. So from mid June to end of October, we were not in quarantine at all. Whoa. It was pretty good. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so we had a good summer, like the, everything pretty much was reopened except for like, um, uh, theater and you know uh, cinema and actually cinemas were open but like every like show like concert and all that were like, all cancelled um, and clubs so cl- clubs haven't opened in like more than a year and then we had another quarantine in November for a month and that was um, 
that was less tricks. So the letters like work, the letters like we had a, it was more lenient, I would say. It's just they learned more about COVID. At the time, like a year ago, they, they, didn't, they didn't have any clue yeah. of what was going on. Seriously, I mean, seriously, like, they didn't know what it was. Like, initially, it was like, they're like, oh, yeah, it's just a flu. And then, like, oh, actually, you can die from it. So, you know, like, they have no clue what was going on. So, in November, it was like less strict, but it's still like four weeks. And since November, though, we had a curfew. Mm. And the curfew was tough because we had to be back home. Uh, by 7 p.m. for the last six months. So we had a quarantine in November. We were out of quarantine for about four months, but we had a curfew until 7 p.m. And then we had another quarantine in March, third wave, another quarantine. Uh, no, in April, sorry. And now we're out of it. Restaurant reopening, but only in a patio setup, so outside. Um, and then museum are reopening. They're like testing, like, concerts so they do like concert tests stuff like that so and june 9 will be so now curfew went from 7 p.m to 9 p.m and june 9 is going to be 11 p.m curfew and end of june everything is going to be open so it's just like wait it's wave and different steps and yeah 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 i got but you stuff that's definitely definitely different from my experience here in uh, yeah. San Francisco. <laughs> yeah, no, it's so different. Yeah. yeah, and and so what they wanted to like stop kind of socializing because they realized that it's by socializing with your family with your friends that really you're cutting you're catching COVID. So they're like, yeah, like you can see your friend, but you can see them like during daylight, and you can see them outside, but we don't want you each other to invite each other at home and have dinner and just spread the virus which really happened but yeah um yeah. but you know like the vaccination is going well and i, th I think they did, a, they did a pretty good job with what they knew you know what i mean like yeah i mean it was new yeah. for, for they, the whole they, world they did the best again seriously like i'm not gonna blame the government about what they did or what they didn't do like they, have, they had it was something new some something they couldn't predict they did the best they could a lot of a lot of tough decisions you know yeah yeah uh, are you ready to get back to normal or are you gonna be taking it slow <laughs> oh no yeah i'm already back to i mean i feel like i'm back like i've been working um i've been working so it's just like easier i think to get back to like a normal life when you work and right now i'm i'm, I'm a salesperson like so it's kind of like, I see a lot of people all day long, you know, I have the mask on all the time, but it's just like being able to socialize, I think it's helping, it's helpful. So, and I'm right now, I'm in a very touristy town. So we had a lot of people, tourists coming up. And as soon as the quarantine was over, a lot of people from friends came to us. So we, we you know, it, it just like, it's nice to see like, everything reopening and same with restaurant like now nah, like people we we have this thing with french people like they love to sit outside and eat outside and drink outside so it's just like nice to see people leave leave again so yeah, oh, yeah. and it's great so it's just like everything's coming together at the perfect time i guess for sure for sure yeah i remember the first time I had seen a bunch of people outside and like acting normal and I, I just mm -hmm. I yelled to them like I'm happy to see you I'm happy yeah. to see you <laughs> um, yeah like the, seriously like the day like the restaurant reopened that was like just last week imagine like we're like Friday so that was 10 days ago Wednesday and I was going to work in the morning and I could see like restaurant already like setting up the like table and chairs outside and people having coffee outside and just enjoying the sun and i was like big smile on my face like yeah i'm going to work but i'm so happy for you guys you can enjoy it and as soon as i can i will and i did so yeah <laughs> for sure for sure yeah um all right uh, let's jump into a couple icebreakers mm -hmm. um so this first one is a one word spelling bee and okay. um, I, you know i know english is your second language so it mm -hmm. Just uh, give it your best shot, and we'll we'll yeah. see how it goes. Um, your word is going to be daiquiri. You know daiquiri. Daiquiri. Yeah, daiquiri, like a drink. Like a cocktail. Yeah, yeah, like a cocktail. Okay. All right. Mm -hmm. Go 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 for it. Okay. Okay. D A I K 
I R I. But it might be a Y somewhere. You have one more chance. Okay. No, no. Okay, Diker. Okay. I'll say D A I K A R I. I'm sorry. I'm I'm super surprised that you got the 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 I in there because a lot of people miss that one. But it's uh, okay. It's D A I Q U I R I. Oh, yeah. right. Yeah, yeah. I knew that actually. You know what? I knew it. So yeah, yeah. I should have been better. No worries. No worries. Thank you. Thank I you had for a good <laughs> um, And then the other icebreaker is a riddle. Are you mm-hmm. are you good with riddles? I will try my best. Okay, for sure. Uh, the riddle is. Give me a second. Oh, okay. What comes once in a minute, twice in a moment, but never in a thousand years? Once in a minute, twice in a moment, but never in a thousand years. It's a little M. Oh, shit. <laughs> Good stuff. How, how'd you get that? How'd you get that? No, it's just like, it's riddle. Like, yeah, you have you to think for that. Yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll give you a clap for that one because, you know, riddles are always tough and no one knows how to think. But you got it like real quick. That's what's up. <laughs> All right, for sure. Well, I think you're the first person to get that one. So congrats. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. Nice. Like right off the bat too, not even thinking about it too much. But uh, <laughs> I think you're good at riddles. If, if you can if you can see different sides of the of the um, the question, then I, you know, I think that makes that's a good mark of someone that's good at riddles. Yeah, I think riddles, like you have to you have to think outside the, the box like right away. Like don't think of like the logic. Like it's, it's logic, but it's not logic. You know what I mean? Like it's yeah, you have to. Yeah. Yeah, no, you're right. Hey, you're you're the pro. <laughs> All right. <clears throat> well, now we're moving on to some more warm-up questions. This next one is, what would you like the audience to know about you? Hmm. Um. What? Okay. Well, I moved to the United States when in 2010 to move with an American family that I had never met before to like, I lived with them for a year and a half, didn't speak any English and I adapted really quickly. And then I came to California like two years later and I got my bachelor there and I don't have any French friends over there. and. I was able to like make friends pretty easily, I guess, thanks to my like roommate at the time, Julia, that we, you know, she's a, a person, a common person, I would say. Um, yeah, I, I guess like, and I enjoy my 20, my 20s, like I've seen like so many people like put pressure on themselves like in the 20s and, and you know, what I thought I would do out of high school was completely different what I did, but what I did, I think, like at the time I didn't know that I did was kind of brave, but I think what I did was pretty brave to leave my family and friends behind and go to a foreign country and live by myself and learn everything by myself and learn a new language. And yeah, so that's probably what I would like people to know that, you know, as much as like I have an accent and, you know, it's, it's just like this, this is always a story behind people having an accent or being different. So it's kind of like, yeah, like people have a hard time, like sometimes understanding you or thinking you're not that smart because you're an accent, but it's like, no, like I'm smart, but there's just like no two languages and, you know, and two different culture and a lot of adaptation behind that. It's just like be able to adapt yourself and be able to, you know, but at the time I didn't know, like, you was just like, yeah, I'm doing it. Like. But like 10 years later, I'm like, oh, yeah, not so many people actually are able to do that or are willing to do it. So I would say like, you know, high five to myself for that. <laughs> no, no, for sure. That's, yeah. I mean, you know, I've never done it and I don't know too many people who have as far as like moving to a whole new country, you know, jumping into their education oh. system and trying to make it. Uh, mm. I mean, we met in college. I mean, your parents did it. 
Yes, yes, they did. Yeah. Yeah, and I mean, they they uprooted their whole life to to mm-hmm. chase a dream and um Yeah. Yeah, so I mean, we met in college and mm-hmm. I'm I don't know if you knew, but I'll tell you right now, I had no idea what I was doing in college. Uh mm-hmm. <laughs> when when you came and were you did you already know what you were going to do and you felt pretty comfortable about, you know, here I am, this is exactly what I'm going to do or did it take some time for you to kind of figure it out? Well, so when I so when I came to California to study, I was older than the average student, so I was already twenty four, and uh, it's because I failed before. So when I was in France, actually, I tried to go to med school, so that was my goal. Oh, so, so I went there and I failed. So that's how the whole thing came about. It's just like I failed school in France. And because I didn't want my parents to keep spending money on me for college, which college in France is not expensive, but because I'm from a small town, I had to like live in a different city. So they had to obviously like, you know, pay for, you know, my, my apartment, my studio, I had time, food and all that, you know. So it's, it's some cost. It's not American cost, but it's some cost. And... I told my parents at some point, like, you know what, like, you know, I failed. I don't know what I want to do anymore. Let me stop school and try to figure it out. And what I'm fig- what I what I figured out, I want to do something meaningful. And they're like, no, no, you're not stopping college. You're not stopping school because if you stop, you're never going to go back. So I kind of give them the pr- promise. You know what, like, no, let me stop. And at the time, I was like, you know, I was 22, so I was like, yeah, I'm stopping. You don't have a choice. I'm 22, and I'm doing it my way. So I quit school, and then I decided that, you know what, like, I could work for a year and have, like, a very low-paid job because I only had a high school diploma, or I can do something more meaningful. And I was like, you know what, like, let's learn English. Like, if I learn a second language, like, English, it will, doesn't matter what I do later on, it will serve me at some point. And I was like, okay, well, how, how, how can I learn English without costing me a penny? So like, okay, well, I'm gonna be an au pair. So an au pair is a nanny coming from a friend country. So I could have been an au pair in England. It's like, oh, it's too close to home. I will go back and this such a huge French community to in England that I don't think it's going to be it's serving me. So I was like, okay, I will go to the United States. And I applied and I interviewed and I, I talked to a bunch of families and I went to Chicago. So I sent Chicago for a year and a half and that's where I learned English. And that's where I had the time actually to think of what's next. So I had a couple options. Uh, I thought about real estate. And uh, at the time, it was just like, just after the crisis, it was like 2010, 2011, like real estate was not great. So it's like, eh, you're not going to do that. Like it's, it's just not a gr- right time to start. And I was like, you know what? Like, let's go to business. It's something actually you thought about it like way before being a doctor and it's very broad. So it's kind of like, yeah, like, you know, business, like you can do so much, so many things with that, that you know, like you will be able to figure out later, like what you actually do. The problem for me is like, I can do a bunch of things. I would be happy in doing a bunch of things. So I was like, yeah, let's do business. And initially I was like, oh, let's do international business. I'm French. I'm going to be in the US. And then actually like I took a bunch of accounting classes and I loved it. And I was like, you know what? I love numbers, blah, blah, blah. So I didn't go to accounting, but I went to finance. Um, So everything was pretty logical in my decision in my school path um but yeah so like i knew when i went to college the second time that i wanted to do business so there's no and i didn't sweat from it yeah for sure for sure yeah that's a well thank you for that story i don't think i I was ever aware of that besides Mm -hmm. i I know you you were coming from chicago and everything but Mm -hmm. you know going through medical school i I had no idea um Mm -hmm. but yeah for sure uh, my second question for you in the warm-up is if someone were to pay you a tribute how would you like to be honored if I was gonna tell myself today I'm gonna do something in the honor of Pauline what kind mm-hmm. of what kind of act could I do you know plant a tree plant a tree mm-hmm. okay yeah very simple just plant a tree I got you mm-hmm. I got you <laughs> 
and then my last question for you is on a scale from one to ten how well do you know yourself ten ten tell, tell me mm-hmm. more tell me more why a ten uh i think i'm very aware of like my qualities but i'm very aware as well of my flaws like i might not show my flaws to people but i'm aware of them um i mean i'm three almost 33 so i think like i think when you pass your 25 like there's a lot of things that shift um a lot like and then it's just like you like just getting more aware of like who you are and what you want to do when you not want to do or who you want in your life and who you don't want in your life so it's just like, yeah, I think I know myself pretty well. And I know my flaws very well. I know what they are. I'm not like, I don't, I don't show them to people. I don't like express them aloud, but I know what they are. Yeah. For sure. You know, it's, it's funny. I don't know if you've uh, ever heard the term that like uh, women, they, they mature faster than men. Because um, <laughs> that feeling that you're talking about, it didn't hit me at 25. It hit me in, at, thir- mm-hmm. at 30. So it, yeah. t- it took me five years to, <laughs> to feel that way. Um, what would you say is your favorite thing about your personality? I'm very likable, I think. Okay. Like, um, I mean, not that I, I know of people tell me that. Like, I, I get along with a bunch of people from different backgrounds. Like, I, I don't know if it's from adaptation or just... I, first of all, I like to talk to people. Like, I like people. Uh, and I like to know about people's background and stories. Like, it's when you have a random meeting during a day, and like, you know about someone for like five minutes, like, I'm happy about it. Like, I'm not gonna shy away from a conversation with a stranger, not at all. But um, yeah, I, I, that's what I've been told. Like, I'm very likable. Like, it's easy to get along with me. yeah would you say that that, that's that was something you were born with or it was like some kind of uh a revelation or epiphany that you had about like you know what i I like i like talking to people i like getting to know them or were you just kind of like that like that since you know a kid i'm like that since i was a kid yeah (laughs) oh yeah like I, i always had friends um i always i was i was i was always very curious like that i I'm, I'm a very curious person i need to know like how things happening why and you know the whole shebang um so i was uh, almost like it was funny like back in the day like we had like christmas dinner or like new year's, di- new year's day dinner at my grandma's and it would be like my mom had two brothers my uncle and aunt and my cousin and my cousin and i were all same age so like kids like less than 10 years old and then, you know, like we had dinner and we were allowed to go play. And I'm the one behind sitting at the table because I want to hear all the adult conversation and I want to understand everything. And yeah, I want to know everything. And like later on, like a few years back, I would tell him like, oh, I knew that. And I knew that you didn't tell me because you thought I was a kid and I couldn't handle it. But no, like I understood, you know, so um, yeah, but I had I always had friends. I like, I, yeah, so I don't know if it's like. Yeah, adaptation too. Like, I think I adapt myself pretty well with different situations. But yeah, like, I was born being social. I'm a social person, yeah. That's what's up. That's what's up. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I would say I'm also curious about people and I like talking to people. I was always mm-hmm. intimidated by the adults when I was a kid. Like, mm-hmm. I, I wouldn't I wouldn't sit at the table with the adults just to yeah. listen to stories. Yeah. I, but yeah, that's what's up. Ooh. I mean, when we met, like, okay, I arrived on a Friday. I met... Julia, my roommate, on the Saturday, and I met you on the Sunday. I think we went to or something, and I don't, I don't remember anything awkward. And and for, and we were so like, I mean, different from you were from the Bay Area. I'm from France. Julia is from the Bay as well, but we have totally different background. And um, I mean, a whole f- friend. Like I think it's so funny. Like a whole group friend is so diverse in Long Beach. And I love that. Like, it's just, uh, I'm always amazed when I see like people in SoCal, like having people who look like them, 
or the same and it's kind of and we're like how is it possible like how can you have like people who look like you in socal when socal is so diverse and our group was like so diverse because you know what i mean yeah and we got we, and we had a good time like we had fun <laughs> no for sure yeah so it's just like you know it's just like i never i never feel like out of place so it's kind of like yeah i would make conversation with pretty much anyone really yeah you know you know that the group that we had in long beach you know that, that was something special you know it had a lot, mm-hmm. a lot of good chemistry a lot of good harmony um yeah and yeah i think it just took everybody to be to bring that same kind of attitude and energy to the group mm-hmm. like we weren't closed off there wasn't really drama between anybody and wow. you know that was that was a good i mean yeah i miss y'all i miss everybody a part yeah, of that. <laughs> i wish we could stay that age forever you know mm-hmm. <laughs> But uh, all right, well, we made it to the main portion of the interview where you are going to start choosing numbers between 1 and 34. Okay. Uh, three levels. There's an easy, medium, hard. Where would you like to start? Okay, let's start with hard. Oh, okay. All right. Mm-hmm. Uh, go ahead and give me your number. Um, 27. 27. What's the difference between friends and best friends? Ooh, um, I know exactly who my best friends are, and it's just because, like, um, okay, friendship takes time and work, like any relationship. And I think between friends and best friends is like you, you are willing to put the work with your best friends. Um, I'm my best friends. I know my best friends since we were four. So it's been almost three years and it took some, it took some work. So initially, obviously you were in school, in the same class, blah, blah, blah. And we had a fallout when we were 15 and it took like us to put aside like our ego to get back together. And it happened when I, I was 20. So for five years. And that five years I was in high school, I mean, some other friends, but I knew something was missing though. Like, it's so funny. Like I, I had a good time in high school, but something was missing. I knew something was missing. And at some point I, we put our ego aside, we would start to talk about uh, again. And it just clicked again and it still clicked. And as the kids like, call, like I'm the aunt to the kids, you know what I mean? Like we had this uh, group chat where we talk to each other almost every day. Like it's, um, so I, that's where I know like who my best friends are. Another thing too, is like, I have other, like another best friend I don't talk to often, but he's in my life. doesn't matter if I don't talk to him for like three months, four months, he's in my life. Like I know he's, he's there and I'm fine with that. You know what I mean? So friends, um, I think with all, like, that's where like a I know who my best friends are. Um, and it's just like with other people like that I'm friends with, like and I, I'm not talking to them for a while. It's fine because if I see them again, I would be very happy to see them. But it's not like I'm thinking about them all the time. But my best friend, like, like I know everything and I need to know they're okay. And you know, like they pain are my pain, I guess. Cause one of my best friends like lost her mom like a couple years ago and that was like heartbreaking and you know it's stuff like you go through and i don't know maybe degree of loves i don't know it's just like i i know they would be in my life like forever like no question asked like it's not i mean we've made it three years so <laughs> you know yeah, like yeah. when i see me retired like i see them you know what i mean no for so, sure yeah. I think uh, you did something that is, I think, rare. I don't think too many people do it. You reconciled after after uh, falling out, um, mm-hmm. and you said you put put aside your. You guys had to put aside your egos, mm-hmm. but uh, yeah, like how did how did that come about? Did, was it like did you reach out? Did, did they did they reach out or was it? So okay, so we are four girls in that group. Okay, and one of them is my cousin, like first degree cousin. Okay. So we had a fallout when we were 15, just before we went from middle school to high school and we went to different high school. The fallout, I don't even know what it was about. I, I'm, I'm going to be serious about like stupid, like stupid, like I can tell you that. So my first degree cousin and I, we didn't speak for two years. And even we see each other, we didn't speak. Okay. 
And um, two years later, we had, I think it was her brother's birthday, whatever. We were 16, 17, yeah, 17 probably. And we started drinking. And my, my parents were there, like I, in France, it's okay to drink at 17, just, you know. I got you. So we were drinking and then that's kind of like, oh, I think I went camping the same island. She went camping like 10 days before and we ignore each other. That was super weird. And so I kind of call her out on that because I was with other friends and I call her out. It's like, you know what? Like, it was not great. Like, I don't care if we don't say hi, but like, just like make fun of me or whatever, like not cool. And she's like, well, we didn't make fun of you, blah, blah, blah. And it's kind of like, we went there where like, where we realized basically it was stupid. And then, um, She's like, you know what? Like, do you want to, I'm going to meet the girls tomorrow at the beach. Do you want to come and talk? So we were 17 at the time. I was like, yeah, okay, let's do it. So I went there and we talked, but it didn't like reconnect us. It was kind of like, okay, yeah, like we're in a talking term, but we were not friends. And then um, three years later, so my cousin and I, at that point though, we kind of like reconnect. At least we were in talking terms during family reunion and all this shit. And then, um, yeah, I was 20 and then we had another family reunion and she's like, hey, you know what, like, I'm going to the bar and like, after that, it was probably 11 p.m., like, I'm going to meet the girls, come. And for whatever reason, I went there and it was like, nothing ever happened. It was so weird because three years later, before we tried and we talked and we were civil, but we didn't click and that night we clicked. And after that, we never, you know, leave to the side I guess and except when I went from you know I left home to go to Chicago for a year and that's a year and a half and that's when I I was worried because like okay I'm leaving again we have obviously like technology at the time you know Skype and Messenger and all that to the help but how is it going to be when I'm coming home because as our version of it can be different and actually at the time I had uh, my one of my friends picking me up from the airport five hours from my house and driving me home and then we saw each other and in the car for five hours after after not seeing each other for a year and a half we talked non-stop but not about like how have you been for the past year and a half no we know because we talked to each other it's just like we never left and i was like okay so now i can leave whenever i want or wherever i want and that connection is always going to be there and it's just like awesome you know what i mean but at the time like you have to i mean with people you love like you have to put your ego aside where whatever is family friends or like boyfriend girlfriend whatever you know when when people matter and when they're worth it yeah for sure for sure yeah um this is one of the other questions in the thing but i just want to ask you since you're bringing it up but what does what does how do you define ego you know for for you um, I mean, ego comes with pride. I think it's kind of like they're, they're linked to each other. It's kind of like, well, I did nothing wrong, so I'm not going to apologize. And on the other side, they're going to be the same. And actually, there was nothing to apologize for. Uh, on my, in my situation, for sure. Like, I mean, we didn't even know where we fought. It was, I know it was stupid because I don't remember it. So it's just like, you know, when you're 15 and you're a teenager and you're like, well, she did something wrong or he did something wrong. And, you know, I, I don't know, like ego is just like, I don't know. It's, it, it's, yeah, it goes with pride. I think it's, it both goes hand in hand where like you think like you are, you, you are right. And I like to be right. Don't get me wrong. Like I love to be right all the time, but it's kind of like, sometimes like you just, you just have to say like, you know what? I was wrong. And it might give you like a pit in your stomach, but who cares? Like, no, I mean, yeah, I mean, I, I think you can like, you can stay your ground for so long and then, you know what, I could have like, not care and my cousin could have not care and these girls could have not care. But like 10 years or 15, you know, 13 years after we were consigned, like, like I said, like they have kids and we are in each other's life and we have happier than ever. You know what I mean? Like you can like, I don't know how to define ego, but I just know what it does and the consequences of like not letting it go and not being the bigger person. And like, you know what? That was stupid. Like, let's move on. I got you. I got you. Yeah. Um, go ahead and uh, throw throw me another number. 
Six. Six. Uh, what can bring tears to your eyes? Nothing much. Nothing much. Okay. Yeah. For sure. <laughs> um. You're strong. I'm, I'm, okay, so you know what? Uh, when some people like important died, um, I would think about like Kobe. Really? Okay. Like, I'm not a basketball fan. I'm not a Lakers fan. I'm not like I wasn't even a Kobe fan. But uh, I think it's just like when he passed away, and what it actually more what it did, what it did for a lot of people, and his daughter passing away, and all this whole situation. Um, that makes me real sad. And sometimes we like bring tears to my eyes to think about like his late wife and what she's gone through. Um, when like, yeah, so another person who like passed away like a long time ago, but like that made me super sad was like Benazir Bhutto. Um, she was a prime minister of Pakistan. And because of what she did for the country and when someone like that passed away, like it is that that you know or like conflicts like the Palestinian and Israeli conflict that will but like other than that like I'm not I'm not gonna tear on a movie or something like that but like more like I don't know no, you I know situation like a whole situation where like it just sad yeah yeah I'm I think I'm. <laughs> I'm one of those people that's more likely to cry in a movie or a TV show or something mm-hmm. than, than in real life in situations. I don't know why, but uh, that, yeah. that's just me. But uh, for sure, I'm going to throw you a curveball right now. Okay. And this is a fill in the blank question. Okay. And it, it, for you, it is, I'm too young to blank. I'm too young to... Huh... Oh, I'm too young. I'm too young to slow down. Um, how do you mean? How do you mean? Um, I, th- I think like we are a generation that, um, oh, okay, not, I'm not going to speak for my generation, we stupid. Um, I have like ambition. Uh, obviously, I'm, I'm a little stuck right now, but um, I have like goals, and I want to accomplish them, and I'm, gonna, I'm working toward them. Um, it's not the time for me to just like sit back and watch. And actually, the world is moving fast, and yeah, I can't sit back and watch. I have to have you know moving forward, um, and I'm not at a point in my career or anywhere that yeah I want to sit back and watch maybe in like 10 years 15 years maybe I will be tired but I'm not tired yet I mean I just I'm just starting so yeah too young to slow down for sure uh, I am curious I don't think I've ever got got to ask you but uh, what, what are your what's your vision like you know what are you kind of striving for and what are you ambitious about well um, I started my own company two years three years ago and um, my visa situation and COVID and all that kind of slow everything down, especially being in another country. But um, as soon as I'm back to the US, like starting from the ground again and putting the work and uh, I'm in financial advising. Um, and from what I've seen and what I've, I've, I've uh, yeah, what I've seen and what I learned from like working with a bunch of people is like how financially and educated they are and the way americans see the finance in general and how they manage their money is it's really hard to watch really uh so i mean it is really hard to watch because i mean a lot of them have a good income compared to a lot of different countries and the way they spend the money is is kind of like crappy and sad because um, a lot of death happening. Like, I, it's just, it's just like, yeah, I think I, I can bring something to the table where, um, I mean, usually when I see someone, a client and it doesn't matter if they become a client or not, like it's not the point. Like 
at least they got something out of it where like they got educated about and I hope they manage the finance better. Like, I don't know, my mom was an accountant, so I, I guess I was financially educated in a way that, you know what, you make money, but you save money, like super important. So that one, um, and then for sure, after that, want to invest in environments, toll kind of related um, field, whether it's like building construction, like that. Anyway, like it's kind of like, putting all my pet peeves and what's make me angry and what's, you know, make me mad and kind of like, what can I do about it? So probably at some point it's kind of like be able to invest or help or build sustainable home in the U S because it's when I see like Joe Biden wanted to invest is like offshore, like when I do call it a windmill or something like that, where like, yeah, like you want to have green energy, but what about like Americans spending so much money on energy or like spending energy so much? Like how come everybody has AC in the in LA? Let's talk about LA, just LA. What do you mean you like you have AC blasting out like all the time? What do you mean you don't have like solar panel on every house that exist in SoCal? because your wall is so thin. Like, have you seen a wall in like a SoCal house? Doesn't matter if you have a cheap house or a freaking, I work for a lot of people who had money as a nanny. They could have a million and a half dollar like house. The house was crappy. Like the wall was so thin and you know, you have to blast the heat in the winter and you have to blast the AC in, in the summer. And it's like, how, how, how come you're spending so much money on your house? and the house is not in proper build. That pissed me off. That mm. really pissed me off of like, so there's a lot of, you know, there's a lot of things that piss me off. And I think that's where we'll start is just like solving an issue at a time if I can. But I have, yeah, I plan on that for sure. For sure. Uh, mm -hmm. So uh, LFG, that, that's your thing. That's uh, your business that you kind of started up? Yeah, I was. Okay. Um, I was. So I, I was an independent contractor with a platform. Um, now I'm my switch of platform, uh, but still doing the thing, the same thing. Um, so I'm specialized in life insurance and annuity. That's my field, um, which the goal is still to become fully financial advisor with FINRA. So mm. having my series and all that. So yeah, but being on my own, I don't want a boss anymore. I know, I know what you mean. I know what you mean. Mm -hmm. uh, and then what I was going to say. Oh, as far as environmental impact and you mm -hmm. said sustainable housing, have you kept, mm -hmm. have you kept up with any projects maybe, you know, around the world that, that you can see, you know, being beneficial in, in that sense? I, I'm just curious, you know? Yeah. You know. So, um, I can compare actually housing from my country to the U S like, um, I don't know if you can show you. Can I show you? Oh, yeah, if you, if you want to, yeah, yeah that'd be yeah. great. So that's my, my parents' house in France, okay? Okay. Um, so here you have actually, so right now it's nighttime, so that's a window. And then you have shutters. So I'm gonna open the shutters. So is that already like, every night we close the shutters because it will keep the heat in and the cold out. And then I'm going to like, now we have strong windows as well. Not like, <laughs> like that's, you know, yeah, you know, yeah. like windows. And I'm going to show you like, if you can see, that's like half thick. Oh, can you see? Okay, let me see. Let me put some. If you can see, half thick. No, you can't see anyway. It's okay. It's okay. Like yes, wall. That's what I'm telling you. Like, oh, you it's know. a th thick wall. Like, uh, yeah, super thick wall where I mean, I would say it's like half a foot, I would say. Okay, yeah, that's not how things are built here. <laughs> well, I'm talking about like proper insulation, uh, proper windows, all that. And it's funny because I had an American friend coming to my house a year and a half ago. She was on a world tour with her boyfriend and uh, husband, actually husband. And then she passed by friends and like, yeah, come over, she stayed for a weekend. And she was like, and she has a background in engineering. 
And she was like, we should do that in California because like your house is so well built. And I'm assuming we're not the best. Like you can see actually projects like in Singapore. I love that. Like they do all this kind of like um, green walls and all that um, where like, you know, they have like greenery like growing on like uh, roofs and walls. Anyway, there's a lot of things can be done. But I think like in, in the US, um, I think money is, I don't know why money is spent in building housing. I think it has to be quick. Um, and the profit goes to the investors. Um, but we definitely have to rethink of like how we insulate a house in the US for sure. Because it doesn't matter, like if you're in SoCal, during summer it's gonna be hot. If you're in the Midwest or in New York, your winter is gonna be cold. And I've seen that in the Midwest in Chicago where the heat was blasting and half of it was going out the windows because the house was not properly insulate, insulated. And I think it's because the energy is, is cheap. Seriously, like if you compare like a cost of water or electricity here in Europe compared to the cost in the US, that's where the big difference is. And um, and obviously I don't I don't want like American to pay more, but for sure like to spend like to not waste as much of the energy as they are. I mean, if you take China and the U.S. together, they're responsible for fifty percent of the world pollution. It's not a it's not a you know it's not a, a good record to have. And at the same time, I believe the U.S. still can be leaders. You know what I mean in different field. And I think if the U.S. start treating like environmental issue, um, you know, concretely, you know, like doing something about it, not just like word, like all the country will follow. I'm mm. sure of that. So it's just about like, yeah, changing the way. Like at least like I think housing is a big deal. Like agriculture is another one. There's a lot of things like. And same with like the US, like why do you still have like coal mine? Like what for? You know what I mean? Like you, you have enough, you have plenty of way to like produce energy. You don't need coal anymore. No, you, yeah, so. Yeah, I mean with the, with the coal mines, I think we just haven't set up a good system to, to close them down and get those people trained in other jobs. That's a whole. Oh um, yeah. But I, I mean, you know, I mean, the U.S. government has its has so many flaws that I don't, it's really hard to see any uh, progress or leadership, you know, just clear leadership in, in, in doing those things. That's why I think the rest of the world is kind of like, oh, man, the U.S. is kind of shaky right now. We can we can really step up and, you know, be that that leader that they were supposed to be, but aren't anymore. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I think like no, no country is perfect. Um it's not like one country is better than the other one because everybody has like different issues and obviously different culture. Um, so, but I think uh, a lot of countries are divided. Like it's not just like, I mean, the US obviously is very divided um, and that makes it actually harder to do stuff. Um, in France, we, we are not known to always complain and it's really hard I think for government to do things whatever it's like national or local because there's always someone's going to complain about it and do something against a good project um and i and i've seen that a lot with people like oh yeah like i care about the environment but i care it more if it's not around me so for example we had a we have a project of a offshore windmill close to my hometown and there's a bunch of people like oh no we're against it it's not gonna be pretty so you want to have more renewable energy. You want to produce more renewable energy in your country, but you don't want to be next door. You know what I mean? And that's why, like, for me, it doesn't make sense. Like, you are in or you're out, but you can't be, like, in and, like, yeah, but do it somewhere else. And I think that a lot of people like that, whatever, you know, and it's not just the environment, any issues. Yeah, like... No, I, I care about it, but do it somewhere else, you know? Mm -hmm. Oh no, we, we we should do something about the homeless. 
but the homeless shouldn't stay in my in the park next to my door you know what i mean you know what i mean like it's just like yeah like put them somewhere else where i don't see the problem mm, yeah yeah um I mean, I'm, I'm kind of curious now. I know homelessness here in the Bay Area is a huge problem. Um, is, is that an issue out there in France or you guys kind of got it handled? Okay, so um, we have homeless. I think we have, okay, so we have two types of homeless. And I think that's a big difference with the U.S. Because um, we have, obviously, we have pe French people who are homeless, but we have a huge homeless population right now in Paris mainly there are immigrants um, they're usually immigrants from Africa who actually seeking or want to seek asylum um, and um, so in the meantime unfortunately they're homeless because they came so usually they arrive at the border in Greece we don't so background we don't have any border in France the border is at the European border so usually they come from Turkey, so they're not from Turkey, but they pass the border from Turkey to Greece or they try to cross from Morocco to Spain or Morocco to Italy, Any, anyway. So they arrive there and some of them want to stay in France, some of them want them to cross and go to England, but more, like a lot of them like are like really like leaving war behind and poverty and all the kind of shit that's happening in Africa. And unfortunately, um, they are seeking asylum and many of them don't have it or it just takes years for them to get it. And in the meantime, they can't do much, they can't work, they, so they can't have access to housing. They, so we had, that's what I've seen. I'm not in a big city, but in Paris, that's what I've seen where it's kind of like a similar situation as LA. Um, but not as bad, but it's a lot of like immigrants. Whereas the US, it's actually Americans. I mean, let's face it, right? It's not, um, I think in the US, we have a lot of entirely veterans who don't have the help that they need. Uh, we have a huge opioid problem that needs to be addressed. Um, I think we see a lot of like, I think we see more and more women being homeless than even 10 years ago. I mean, that's what I've seen in LA, which I think is the sad part because they are in danger at every corner. Um, so, and and it's, I think what's crazy is just like, it's been going on for years and there's still no solution. And, I, and nobody wants to tackle the problem, really. No politics who want to tackle the problem in SoCal or in California in general, I mean, San Diego has a huge homeless problem. And when I say problem, it's not for us, it's for them. Like we shouldn't have like 60 or 70,000 people living on the street in Los Angeles when we have so much money. Like, let's face it, come on. California is like the, what, the five, the fifth bigger country in the world if they were single out, like, and you have like hundreds of thousands of people living on the street, like really? And you haven't found a solution for that? Come on. Other country with less rich found a solution. In Amsterdam, they have like corners, uh, no, how do you call it, like containers mm -hmm. from ship? Containers that transform in, in housing, which is super cheap. There's plenty of solution where you can find temporary, you know, to have people off the street, but I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. well uh, thank you for your insight. That's That was definitely a lesson for me. I'd, I had no idea about what's, what it's like in France. Uh, mm -hmm. just want to let you know we only got about uh, five, five, seven okay. minutes left I uh, want to thank you again for coming on I hope this was fun for you it's, it's been a great yeah. conversation for me so, I'm glad it was uh, awesome so we made it to the concluding portion of the interview okay. There's a, I have about three more questions for you this, okay. this next question is from a previous guest uh, okay. sh shout out to Reach and I guess, you know, you kind of answered this already, but feel free to, to mention it again. His question is, with no constraints and fully with your passion, what, mm -hmm. would, what would you pursue? Hmm. Uh, politics, maybe. 
Really? Okay. Mm-hmm. Man, that's that's a hard one to go through. But I mean, since since you're adaptable and you can talk to people, I, that could be a, a good good route. Uh, but again, like without restraint, without without anything, you know. And and sometimes other thing, like uh, I think what's hard with politics is like you see people who want to do good, and I think they arrive in this inner circle where it just have to fight in and out, like every, you know what I mean? Like they have to f- all the time. And I, I don't know if there's a way to change the way politics are, are done. You know what I mean? We have a younger generation though. Like I think we have a couple of people like went to Congress and at least in the US, who are changing things. It's gonna take some time. And I think in the France too, like we, we have like politicians that are like a bit more honest than they used to be and less shady and but we still like, you know, stories are coming up 10 years later about like a former president and embezzlement and money, you know, a lot of things like shitty stuff, you know, coming up. So we'll see if the new generation is just like staying clean, I would say from that. I hope so. It's it's so tough because I think, you know, a lot of government systems have been established for so long and mm-hmm. the longer it's been around, the harder it is kind of like to, to change things. And yeah. Uh, yeah, so I hope, I hope so. I hope, yeah. you know, these kids can figure out something where like we can get on the same page, but I, I know it'll be tough, in yeah. my opinion. Um, but for sure, I, I, I'm, if, if you, like in my mind, is if when someone answers this question and like you said, politics, now in my mind, I'm just like, wow, eventually Pauline's gonna be in politics. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, know? I mean, again, like, it doesn't have to be big. It can be some something super mm. like, small and local like you know a tiny town mayor position would be like plenty enough but uh again like maybe down the road when like you're retired i think it's a good time to do like local politics like when you retire like hey like, let's try to be a mayor of some tiny town where you live i don't know uh no, but no. big one though i mean again like the question was with, with a restraint right it's kind of like um and again when you see, when you see people like like really influential people like not influencers but like real influential people, are they doing more work by being out of politics than they would do being in? You know what I mean? So yeah. is, is if, if you really want to change things, is it politics like a way to go, or you should stay away from it? It's kind of like yeah yeah but i think you got the right idea as far as uh local politics because mm-hmm. i think that's the best way to create change is uh mm-hmm. you know in smaller pieces yeah sure. my next question for you is what would you like to ask the next person that comes on to 24 questions you could go heavy um, or you could go light up to you okay um i have two minutes right oh don't uh, no don't no rush no rush it's not no, like a hard okay. deadline um, yeah. okay i want to ask a good question now let's see um Where do they see themselves in 10 years? Okay. Okay. 10 years. I gotcha. And then... Is uh, it a question that's been asked once before? Uh, once before. There's another guest okay. who, who asked that question. So it's, it's not, not too hard. And you never know who's going to come on and, and be the yeah. one to answer that question. So don't yeah. worry. And then uh, my my very last question for you, the question that ties everything together, is what would you like your descendants to know about you? You know, 500 years from now, they're watching this video. What what would you say to them? Um, that I was not influenced by trends. Um, that I was kind. I think you have to be kind and respectful. Uh, to other people, open-minded, um, and um, I did my best to, yeah. So, so I mean, okay, open-minded, respectful, kind, um, and I keep educating myself through the years. Um, and hopefully I did more good than bad. I mean, I didn't do bad stuff, so, but yeah. For sure, for sure. Yeah. Uh, any last things uh, you want to add or say before we head out of here? 
Uh, I want to say congratulations to you for starting your show. Um, I think like anybody who starts something new and I think it's amazing what you, you were doing. Uh, really proud, uh, really proud of the men you're becoming because uh, I mean, we know each other for a while now, even if we like not close close, but we know each other for a while. Um, and I think like um, it can be lonely to start something like that. Uh, any type of like entrepreneurship is can be lonely and not many people are going to understand and not understand what you're going through. But like, I think what you're doing is great and keep going and keep doing it. And I think it's like the format is great. It was so fun. Um, yeah. So I'm happy. Like you asked me, uh, I was, you know, I'm happy I did it. So it, it was really fun and keep doing it, what you're doing. And it's awesome. Thank you, Pauline. Um, yeah, you know, uh, you said not many people understand, but I'm glad that you can understand, you know, just trying to be an entrepreneur yourself. Uh, so thank you for the support. Uh, thank you for the kind words. And yeah, I mean, I think this is this is going to be the thing for me as far as like what I'm going to try to be doing for the rest of my life. So yeah. we'll, we'll see where it goes. Um, but yeah, I want to thank you again for stopping by. I want to thank all the folks out there for listening or checking it out on YouTube. Much love to you guys as well. And uh, yeah, remember to always reach out, reach forward. As always, much love. And we'll catch you guys next time on the next episode of 34 Questions.